You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now, on to the show. This podcast is sponsored by the Fertility Roadmap, your guide to optimizing conception. The self-paced course teaches you everything you need to know to feel confident on your conception journey. Over six modules, you'll gain in-depth knowledge on hormones, how to track and confirm ovulation, when to take a pregnancy test, and strategic lifestyle shifts that are proven to enhance fertility. You'll also gain access to an exclusive community, monthly Q&As, and bonus downloads. Enroll today for just $59.97 at blissberrywellness.com. Welcome back to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. I hope that you are just enjoying the weather this summer, wherever you are at. Um, But I am just thrilled once again to be back with another great interview for you. Today, we're sitting down with Anissa Woodall. She is a certified nutritionist. She is just a whiz when it comes to preconception nutrition. That's actually one of the things that really drew me to her, finding her over on Instagram. Um, But what I really appreciate is that she just has a deep understanding about so much more than just food. You know, you hear nutritionists, you think food, but really a well-rounded understanding of food and lifestyle and all of the factors that really come into play when we're talking about fertility, we're talking about preconception preparation, and then um, ultimately the goal there moving into pregnancy. So Anissa, welcome. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to just chat with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. So I, I noticed that you attended Bastyr, which I love to get a shout out, get, wanted to give a shout out there because um, Bastyr is just such a well-respected school when it comes to holistic and integrative health. Um, when you started out at school, was that was your goal to go into nutrition uh, or did you fall in love with it there? How, how did you end up in this space? Yeah, that's a good place to start. So um, I was a vegetarian at the time when I started Mm. school at last year. And uh, I went there to start the bachelor's program in nutrition and exercise science. And I continued on to do my master's in nutrition and dietetics uh, Mm. with the intention to become a registered dietitian. Um, And, you know, I kind of like underwent my own kind of health crisis at the time, or really like my, my health was in crisis at the time. And I just kind of came to that realization in my first, really my first semester there. Um, and you know, it was really, it was in this one class where I kind of had this, uh, you know, this moment where it was like, wow, things are really wrong in my health and this is not normal. (laughs) Mm. Um, and, and also kind of the question, uh, start like kind of came up around, you know, okay, like maybe a vegetarian diet isn't ideal for health, you know, my health in particular, I know there are some people who can survive uh, on a vegetarian diet, for my body, it did not work for it. Um, But you know, I started to learn about kind of the nuances, right? Like a lot of times, I think I was I was a very naive vegetarian in in the sense that like, I just kind of followed the headlines. And I was like, Oh, red meat's bad for you. Okay, I won't have that. Or Oh, this is, you know, this is bad for you. Okay, don't have that. And so Um, so when I started school there, it was really like learning about the, the middle ground of like, okay, like maybe not all meat is bad for you. You know, like maybe if it's like raised properly and, you know, and even if, if meat is like not raised ideally, it does still provide a lot of nutrition that, you know, omitting those foods can still be potentially harmful for people. And so 
I think I really started to learn, you know, as I learned about the physiology of how specific nutrients work in the body, um, I started to, to become more and more convinced of like, okay, this is why I feel so bad. And, mm. uh, you know, I experienced like, uh, extreme fatigue, exhaustion, you know, fainting quite regularly, um, intense, like feeling hangry and sugar and carbohydrate cravings and really poor memory. I had like really hard, uh, ability to take tests, you know, both in high school as well as through college. Uh, and that was like the fastest transformation that I, that I noticed, um, oh. you know, I can get back to that in a minute, but, um, I also had a really hard, like inability to focus. I had really bad brain fog, um, debilitating, painful, heavy periods, uh, a non-existent libido at like age 18. <laughs> um, and so really, I mean, there was a whole, a whole lot, like list of even more symptoms that I experienced, but those were some of the key ones that really, I felt impacted my quality of life the most. And I think a lot of people, when they experience symptoms like this, they don't think about those symptoms in relation to their fertility. Um, you know, at the time, right, like I was 18, 19 years old, um, I wasn't thinking about my fertility at the time, but by addressing, you know, kind of the root of what was causing those symptoms, my fertility improved. And mm. so that's one of the ways that I like to focus, you know, now when I'm working with clients is to think like, okay, what kind of signs in, are your body giving you uh, that are communicating to you that there needs to be attention placed somewhere? Uh, and so not necessarily looking at it as like, okay, the body is, you know, broken or pathologize it, but to say like, okay, there's some, some wisdom here, right? Like, how can we like shine this light on this area in your health to figure out like where we can focus and where we might be able to make some improvements? And so I went from you know, like needing to go to sleep at seven, seven or 8 PM, you know, feeling completely wiped out, requiring a nap every day, you know, dreading my monthly bleed to then being able to be, you know, like high energy, stable energy, right? Like my energy mm -hmm. wasn't fluctuating throughout the day. I had, you know, I quickly started to experience painless periods and normal bleeding, uh, and continue to, you know, more than 10 years later. And so, um, and, and then I, you know, kind of fast track to my conception experiences. My conceptions were easy. Um, my pregnancies were healthy. I had a very kind of, um, you know, simple motherhood transition. And that's something that I sometimes hesitate to share when I'm working with clients, especially if they've been struggling to conceive, but I do want to share it because I want people to know that it's possible and at the same time, I want them to know that I addressed all of those factors that were a barrier to my fertility before I was ready to try to conceive, mm, right? So I think sometimes the the try to, trying to conceive journey can be longer for some people because they haven't addressed those underlying barriers. And so um, that's why it can be longer for people. But if you bring yourself to a state of optimal health before you're ready to conceive, it can actually be quite easy. Mm, yeah, I think that what you just point out it pointed out is so critical. And, you know, a lot of times we're not thinking we got to get, we weren't, you know, we're not thinking about, oh, I've got these symptoms. My cycle's kind of off unless there's like something really debilitating before we get to that point where we're thinking, okay, I think I'm ready to start or grow my family. That's when we're like, oh, okay, now let's do it now. And then we realize, okay, we've got all of these things going on here, yeah. but yeah, to, but, but to backtrack before getting there and just to be like, okay, I would like to get my body back in sync. That is just 
changes the trajectory and the timeline that it takes to conceive. And uh, yeah, that's such wisdom on your part. Obviously you probably were not thinking, oh, I'm going to do this now and then get pregnant later. What was your thought process there? (laughs) Kind of uh, diving into that. Yeah. I mean, while, you know, while I was in school, I met my husband, uh, who was in training to become a naturopathic doctor Mm. and we've been married 10 years now and congratulations. um, Thank you. And, and he's been, he was, he was like really one of those people where I, the way I like to describe it is sometimes when you're living in darkness, you don't really realize that it's dark until you turn on the light. Right. And in that same way, right, like I experienced brain fog and depression at the time. I didn't know I was like, I had an inability to focus. I didn't know that I like that my mood was down. Like that was just my normal. Right. And Mm -hmm. so once you turn on the light and like you make that transformation into feeling really good, you have a lot of energy, your mood is stable. And, you know, it's like, oh, that's what it feels like to feel good in your body. Right. And so a lot of the realizations kind of came in hindsight, like, oh, okay, like I'm not supposed to require food every hour, right? Because, you know, I'm getting hangry, my blood sugar is crashing. So I think a lot of those realizations came afterward, but my my husband was that person who turned on the light for me, or rather I turned on the light myself. He very gently led me to the light switch. (laughs) Um, He's very good at like motivational interviewing where he was able to like ask me questions and help like lead me to the answer myself, where I think a lot of times when people are in a place of um, being really like rigid in their thinking, they kind of need to come to the the decision themselves to make a big shift like that, you know, switching from being vegetarian to pretty much a complete 180 of, you know, becoming fully animal based. (laughs) Yeah, that's a huge change. And uh, something that it's probably for anyone who is might be listening, it is vegetarian, that's probably something that's hard to even comprehend. But um, it just demonstrates how the power of knowledge and being aware and then growing can just change your situation so quickly. Yeah. And, you know, when I say he led me to the light switch, like he was the one who was like, you know, it's not normal to feel this tired. It's not normal to have your periods be this painful. And it's so funny, right? Cause he's a male doctor, but he works with a lot of women. And I think a lot of times when women initially start working with him, they're like, Oh, is it safe to talk about my period with you? He's like, I'm your doctor. <laughs> like, you're supposed yeah. to talk about uh-huh. your period. Yeah. But you sure. know, it's one of those things that I think, um, in our culture, it's, it's kind of taboo to talk about. And, um, and there's so much about the menstrual cycle that I think is just accepted as normal. Um, mm, yes. you know, when it, when it comes to like period pain or heaviness or, you know, things like that. Yeah. I even remember yeah. early on when I was really young, um, long before I started diving into fertility and hormones and all of that good stuff. But I remember going to the doc, the, the OBGY and I was seeing years ago now. Um, and even with her feeling so uncomfortable, just sharing about what was going on. And it's such an interesting thought to think that, you know, probably for a lot of us, we might've noticed, Hey, there might not be something that's going quite right, but it's just that barrier of being willing to open up and share. Uh, but anyways, I know that now you work with a lot of, you work with a lot of clients who are thinking about getting pregnant, maybe trying to get pregnant. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. What's been something that's you've really noticed as a, is there anything that's been like a surprise when working with people or a thing that you found that your clients are surprised by, uh, when you're, when you're working together? Yeah. So I guess when I first entered into my clinical practice about eight years ago, um, 
I start, you know, I wanted to start out just in a general sense because I didn't quite know what I wanted my specialty to be yet, but uh, I was working in an integrative clinic, you know, there's like five naturopaths in that office. And uh, very quickly, I began seeing a lot of women, you know, the whole spectrum, right, from menarche to menopause. And, um, and I started to notice these trends that, that really started to present themselves. So many women were experiencing irregular menstrual cycles, PCOS, infertility, unwanted, uh, C-sections, pregnancy complications, uh, you know, birth trauma, things like that. And I started to really like, you know, I knew in, in a general sense of like the importance of preconception nutrition, because I had kind of, you know, dived down the whole like Weston A. Price, um, you know, kind of nutrition philosophy and things like that. Um, but I really started to kind of like dive into both the research and just like literally listening to like every birth story possible, every conception <laughs> story possible and asking everybody about it. Um, and I noticed that a lot of these women, regardless of what their outcomes were, or like what specific, like, disease process they had, uh, or conditions, they often experienced a lot of the same symptoms that I had been experiencing, you know, before I had, uh, you know, kind of totally changed my health. Um, and so that's something that like, I think it seems like such a, a basic, a, a basic approach, I guess, but like, I think so often when people are looking for answers, they want you to give them some like, magical pill or like, you know, lose weight fast or, you know, get pregnant in 30 days or whatever it is, right? Like they're kind of, um, you know, like clickbait type of things Mm -hmm. where um, in my approach, I really find that like addressing the foundations is absolutely essential, um, you know, if you want to be able to both conceive and conceive with a healthy child and carry to term, right? Because there are many women who might be able to get pregnant, um, but they might lose that pregnancy. And that's not to say that that pregnancy loss is always going to be related to something that was in your control. Um, but there are things that we can do from a preventative standpoint. Um, you know, there are women who can, who can conceive, but maybe they develop gestational diabetes or maybe they have birth complications. And so, um, so I really started to recognize that like, um, addressing the foundations of women's health from a hormone optimization standpoint, from a like health optimization standpoint before getting pregnant has really been, you know, like the focus that I have really wanted to, to land on because, uh, it seems to be one of those things that even though like, it seems so like foundational, right? Like you can't build a house without the foundation. Mm, Absolutely. (laughs) And, you know, and, and we know that when we look at like, um, you know, uh, assisted reproductive therapies, right? Where it's like, uh, we know that when somebody optimizes their diet and lifestyle going into fertility treatments, they are able to have better outcomes. And so it's like, uh, it's, it's not necessarily that like you have to do everything naturally and like you don't ever tap into what the medical system has to offer, but like the foundations always do have to be addressed. And so I'm often focusing with women on, you know, helping, helping to, you know, balance their blood sugar, optimize their detoxification, reduce inflammation, optimize gut health. Um, You know, those are kind of some of the key foundations that I really like to focus on with, uh, with women. And then like getting to know them as an individual and, and see like what, what's going on in their particular scenario that like may need a little bit more attention, you know, like the same approach isn't going to be working, uh, you know, across the board for every single person. 
Mm, yeah. And that's, that's something we, I, I feel like we, we mention this every show and it's important to re-mention it, but it's just that each of our bodies are different. And, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, you have this expectation that doing just whatever a protocol is that's supposed to help you out is going to be what you need, but, but there's just so much more with, with each of our unique situations and stories. Uh, so what are some of those other pieces, those other levers that you're looking at that you're trying to optimize the, the manageable things we're not talking about necessarily the, the external stuff, but you know, the things that we can actually control what, what are yeah. they? Yeah. So sometimes, you know, it's looking at nutrient status. Um, a lot of times we feel like, oh, like, you know, nutrient deficiencies are a thing of the past and mm -hmm. not necessarily. And especially when it comes to like preconception, nutrition and, and pregnancy, right? Like there are so many women who are going into this stage of life depleted. And, you know, the way I look at it is like, uh, you're building up your savings bank going into pregnancy and you're only spending, <laughs> you know, once you're pregnant. Yeah. Um, and so I want people to be able to go into pregnancy, like loaded up uh, and even having a potential surplus. Right. And, you know, because if anybody who has already been pregnant may realize that in the first or the first trimester, that it can sometimes be a little bit, you know, hit or miss with like, you know, if you're able to eat, uh, as optimally as possible in that first trimester. Right. And so I do like to encourage women to kind of go into pregnancy, uh, you know, in that state of abundance, um, and then to kind of have a potentially a little bit of wiggle room, not to say that you just like eat, you know, donuts and cake on the couch, like your whole pregnancy, <laughs> but like you have a little bit of wiggle room to be able to have that nutritional insurance. And so, um, so that's like something that I really like to focus on with people. Sometimes that might mean doing some kinds of, you know, nutrient testing or Dutch testing, um, you know, figuring out like what in particular in their bodies, you know, seems, um, you know, like out of balance. And I don't always do testing with people, but depending on the scenario, right? Like um, I recently did a test with a woman who had endometriosis and um, I knew based on what I know about the, you know, pathophysiology of endometriosis, like, okay, these are some of the, um, you know, key things that we need to address, but then like, you know, she's already like, she had already spent like two years making changes, you know, in her health. And so I was like, well, let's do a Dutch test and see what else we need to address more specifically. Right. And so that's usually when somebody's experiencing some kind of more, um, I guess I would say a more extreme, uh, case of either infertility or just fertility challenges, um, you know, endometriosis, PCOS, unexplained infertility, if they have an autoimmune condition, um, I like to do some additional testing just to see like, like exactly which stone do we need to turn over to figure out like how to move them along. And so, um, so with this particular client, you know, I did a Dutch test with her. It confirmed exactly what I was predicting based on her symptoms. Um, but it was helpful in kind of like, I think helping her to not that she was unmotivated, but helping to kind of show her exactly like why she needs to be making specific changes. And, um, and it helped with the, like kind of getting over the mental barrier of like certain things, right? Like she went from like not eating oysters at all to eating oysters every other day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I didn't necessarily tell her she had to eat them every other day, but she was like, I actually really like these. And I feel like I need these and I need, I'm eating them every other day. Mm -hmm. I was like, some listen to your body. Like, I want you to do exactly what your body's telling you to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, I, I definitely like to, to go into tap into some testing. I'll utilize some, you know, supportive herbs or supplements, um, depending on, 
you know, like what we've tried already from a diet perspective. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely don't like to just like slap on a, a whole list of supplements without making dietary change first. Cause, um, I mean, it's expensive and, and I mean, food has so much more to offer from a like synergistic nutrient standpoint mm-hmm. and, uh, and just from an enjoyment standpoint, right? Like mm-hmm. who, who doesn't like eating food and prefers to take pills. I know, I know there are some people who I've worked with who are just like, ah, oh, just give me a pill. I hate eating. I'm like, I can't work with you. <laughs> Yeah, that's totally foreign to me. I I enjoy eating too. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's just a great reminder. You know, a lot of times what I see in community, in our community, the discussions that we, that are posed and just on Instagram and things is it's true that everyone's kind of looking for that supplement, that, that thing that they can add to their maybe already full basket that they've been compiling based on everything they've read on the internet or heard from so-and-so thinking that that's going to be the, the best route, but it's so true that if we're not optimizing what we're, what we're eating first, um, that's like the basic, basic foundation (laughs) got to work there. Those supplements need to be like carefully put on top. Hey friends, if you're looking to improve egg and sperm quality, then you need to check out full wells fertility booster. This powerful supplement is supercharged with antioxidants like coenzyme Q10 and N-acetylcysteine to help improve the quality of both egg and sperm. That means you only need to buy one bottle of this product and you and your significant other can both benefit from all of the nutrients it provides. Head over to fullwellfertility.com and use the code, all caps, BLISSBERRYWELLNESS at checkout to save. Do you ever come across, I mean, I know you said you have a couple of clients who have been like, ah, no, I'd rather just take it than eat it. Uh, Do you ever really come across uh, resistance when it comes to eating things? I know on other episodes of the podcast, we've, we've talked about, um, I think we had one episode where the guest was talking about maybe some organs, which can be kind of like a squeamish, some people feel squeamish about, or, or, you know, talking about some of these foods, eating more protein. Do you ever have, do you find that that's like a barrier that you have to work through? Um, it has been in the past as I've, um, you know, I went fully on my, on my own, you know, in my own business, um, less than a year ago. Hmm. And so previously when I was working at the integrative clinic, I would see clients who like, didn't necessarily come to see me for who I was and like Hmm. the practitioner who I was, right. They were referred by their doctor or whatever to do like some kind of elimination diet. And so, um, those were type of people who like really needed, you know, when I felt like they really needed organ meats and they were resistant because they weren't like what I would call my ideal client. Mm, Any person who I would say is my ideal client, like they are receptive. They are 100% open. Um, and they will do anything. And that's like, that's part of the reason why I moved to like to working for myself was because like, it was so unfulfilling to work with people who were unmotivated and didn't want to make the changes that I was recommending. Right. Like this, this woman with endometriosis, uh, who I was talking about, like she experienced massive change, you know, in just three months, right. Like huge, like her, she has for women who have endometriosis, right. Like this woman, she was vomiting from the pain, right. Like that's kind of one of the key things about endometriosis, like super Mm -hmm. painful periods. Right. Well, she doesn't experience any period pain anymore, right? Like after three months of working together and like actually doing what I was recommending, she's like completely pain-free periods and she feels so great, right? She's like hiking during her period because she feels good. <laughs> That's and, amazing. And, you know, so it's like, it's, 
it's stories like that, that I think really motivate me to continue, um, like sharing this message and to continue like reaching the people who do want to make change. Right. And so, um, for the people who are like, oh, like, I know, I know organ meats can help me, or I know, like, I need to be eating certain foods, but I just can't get over the flavor. Like, there are so many options here. So that's part of why, like in my course, I have like over 130 recipes because I, I'm not of the belief where like, you have to force feed yourself like nutritious mm -hmm. foods. Right. I, yeah. I believe in the power of pleasure, <laughs> you know, the power of like enjoying your food and allowing it to nourish you in both a like physical, like nutrient way, but also from like an emotional way. And um, and so that's part of why I like to formulate my recipes in a way that make it so that people actually want to eat these foods. And um, some of the recipes I like to formulate in a way that highlights those, those foods, you know, like, for example, like pan seared chicken livers, right? Uh, you know, or like, I like, I have make a blueberry balsamic liver pate. Um, you know, I like to make a, I have what I call my introductory pate where I cook it with some like caramelized onions and sauteed apples and, um, you know, a lot of butter and some carrots and right. So there's a lot of like sweetness with it and then I have it with apple slices. And so, um, so that's like one way that people can enjoy that food in a way that's like, not just like how my mom used to eat. It was just like boiled chicken liver, <laughs> uh, which I can't even eat boiled chicken liver. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it tastes way too metallic. And, um, you know, it's just not like it, if it can taste really good, like why eat it when it tastes really bad? So, yeah, so, uh, true. <laughs> so that's part of like, I would say, you know, there's, there's that. And then there's also like, of course you can do like desiccated organ supplements, right? Like I like to recommend the heart and soil, um, mm organ supplements. I was, mm -hmm. I was in there. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, the animal based yes. pregnancy. Yeah. Um, so like that, that's a great one. They, they highlighted me, uh, cooking up some lamb hearts in that film. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, it didn't, I never connected that, that that was you in the video. I've seen you post that you were in it and like now, Oh, the lamb hearts. I remember which heart <laughs> is delicious. We, we love heart. My, I, I'm st we have, when we can get them, my, my son will just devour chicken hearts, pan seared chicken hearts. Delicious. It's okay. there's been a shortage in our area lately. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming the other five-year-olds who love them probably are devouring them, but, um, but yeah, they're, they're delicious. They're definitely like super, uh, super popular where I am mm. too, right? Like our local co-op where they sell, where I get my lamb hearts. Like you have to go like you live locally, maybe I shouldn't say it, <laughs> but I'll say it anyway. Uh, like, you know, Saturday mornings, you have to be there like waiting for them to bring it out. <laughs> Otherwise you're yeah. going to miss your office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, um, I, uh, this is just a perfect segue. Someone's listening. They're really intrigued about to learn more about your mindset, your methodology, learn more about how to work with you. Um, do you mind sharing where they could connect with you? And then I know that you also have some resources and things as well. And I would love for you to share about those too. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I have a online course that I created, uh, it's called resilient motherhood, a self-paced guide to preparing for conception and beyond. And it's, it's a self-paced course, but I also offer it along with one-on-one -on -one coaching. And that seems mm -hmm. to be the most, the more preferred option because, when people realize they, they want to work with me, they want to, they want to work with me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also found that, you know, in my years of working with women, I found that I was like frequently like repeating myself in certain areas. So I wanted to kind of like condense a lot of the, the foundational, uh, information 
um, into, into the course. And so, um, you know, so I share like how to track your cycle, how to identify red flags in your cycle, um, you know, what you can do about it from like a nutrition and lifestyle perspective, what might be underlying, you know, some of those, um, some of those symptoms. Um, and I get into the foundations, I get into recipes, how to make foods taste good. Um, you know, and then of course, all of the lifestyle factors, you know, um, balancing circadian rhythms, you know, having, uh, adequate sunlight, how to use exercise, how to train resiliency. Um, and that's maybe one of the things that I'll speak to in a, in a moment, right? Like, um, uh, I, I call it resilient motherhood and, um, it's really like, I, I titled it that for it to be like a, like an aspirational, um, title, meaning that like. I, I believe that women ha can be resilient, right? They, they can have resilient fertility and, um, and they can train to become resilient mothers, meaning that like they're going to experience challenges in their life, but they're not going to be torn down by them. They're going to be able to, uh, to persist, you know, if they know how to uh, listen to their body and, and react appropriately. And so, you know, when it comes to like resilient fertility, um, you know, so often women are coming into the fertility journey after being on birth control, right? And there's this fear of like, oh no, like I've destroyed my fertility. I'm not going to be able to get pregnant. But like we, we were designed to be resilient and like with intentional and dedicated uh, approaches, like you can regain fertility, you know, most of the time. Um, there isn't one woman that I've worked with personally who hasn't, you know, been able to restore a healthy cycle after being on birth control. Um, mm -hmm. it may take more time than, uh, than for others, but you know, it's one of those things that like our, our body, as long as we provide it with the tools that we need, like it, it was made to be fertile, right? Like I like to, um, draw so many analogies to nature and like right now, everything in my garden is blooming. Um, and I just, I look at these, these different flowers, right? Like yesterday I was harvesting calendula and, you know, so many of these calendula flowers had already bloomed and gone to seed. Other ones were still budding. And, you know, when you think about it, it's like every flower was made to bloom, right? It's not like it just mm -hmm. decides like, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bloom, right? The only time a flower doesn't bloom is when it doesn't have the resources it needs to do so, right? Maybe it doesn't have enough sunlight. Maybe it doesn't have enough water. Maybe it's in poor soil, right? And so, and not every flower blooms at the same time, right? And so when we're oftentimes we're comparing ourselves to other women of like, oh, this woman got pregnant so easily. Like, why am I having such a hard time? And just like, I really want to encourage women to like, let that go and to stop playing that comparison game and, uh, and to really start to adopt that mindset of, you know, being able to attain resilient fertility and, and carrying that into your motherhood transition, because I think being able to enter the motherhood transition with confidence and, you know, confidence, both that, like, that, you know, your body was made to do exactly what it's doing, but also, um, with the confidence that you did everything in your power to ensure, you know, positive outcomes. Um, and then at, at some point stepping back and saying, you know, okay, like, it's not all in my hands. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so anyway, that's a little bit about my course and like just kind of the mm -hmm. philosophy behind it. Um, for your listeners who are interested, um, you know, I can give them a $100 off discount code. Uh, if you use the code, what is it? Blissberry wellness. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, so just we'll all caps. Blissberry yeah. wellness. Put that in the, we'll um, put that in the show notes. 
Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And the link will be anisawoodall.com forward slash resilient motherhood. Um, if anybody has any questions about that, feel free to message me, uh, you know, through Instagram or email me. My email is anisa at anisawoodall.com. Um, but yeah, so that's about my course. And, um, you know, I like to, to offer one-on-one -on -one coaching for women who um, are kind of moving beyond that fertility standpoint. I do also offer one-on-one -on -one coaching for, uh, you know, pregnancy nutrition, you know, both optimizing pregnancy as well as, um, you know, managing food aversions and nausea and, you know, gestational diabetes and, you know, just kind of being, uh, having a more preventative approach. And then also for women who are planning, um, you know, planning for postpartum and, uh, and things like that. So those are the main ways that I like to support women. I also, I know this podcast will be released, um, a little bit later after I'm doing my, uh, I have a resilient hormone reset that, um, I'm going to be doing semi-seasonally. I haven't decided if I'm going to do it every season or just like twice a year, but, um, I'm doing this one in the summertime and I may be doing one uh, in the winter as well. So if you're just trying to balance your hormones, you're not quite ready to get pregnant yet, that could, that can be a good option as well. Hmm, fantastic. So. And then you have your own podcast as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the free resources that I offer, I have my resilient fertility podcast. You can just listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and then I have uh, a couple of um, free masterclasses. So I have my uh, Unlock Your Fertility, How to Transform Your Habits for Optimal Pregnancy Success. That's my key fertility masterclass that I offer. Um, and then I also have a free um, preconception checklist download for people. So if they just want to figure out like, okay, what kind of priority changes do I need to be making going into pregnancy? Um, that checklist can be really helpful. I have a three month checklist and a six month checklist in that download. Um, and I have recommendations for both men and women, um, because fertility is not only a female mm -hmm. problem. <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah. Well, we'll put links to all of that in the show notes below, as well as, um, links to your Instagram, your website. Um, just so that anyone who's listening, if you really, if you're, you're, resonating with what we've talked about, please reach out to Anissa, connect with her, follow her on Instagram. You'll, you'll get a lot of great content simply by following her on Instagram. Um, but thank you. Thank you for taking time to just be with us today and uh, just talk fertility. It was great. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I would love to hear for the listeners. Like if you took anything from this episode, send me a message on Instagram. I'm at Anissa Woodall Nutrition. Um, and my, my website is anisawoodall.com. I'd, I'd love to hear uh, what you loved about the episode. Fantastic. Well, yeah, we will, I'll make it easy. Scroll down, click that link in the show notes, and then you can just be taken to whichever one of those places that you were, you would prefer. Um, but that wraps up today's episode of the baby dust fertility podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Um, just spend a few moments with us. If you love the show, please remember to leave us a review. We so appreciate the reviews, hearing your feedback, love to know what episode has been your favorite so far, but with that, we'll sign off for today and we'll be back soon with another episode. So bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and we'll give you a shout out in an upcoming episode.